This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's going on, TFA fam? We are going over your running back rankings for week four. We are going to dive through all the way from running back one all the way to running back 36 and some outside-the-box guys that you might need to be targeting on your waiver wire. So stay tuned. Coming at you right now. So, Kevin, our running back one rankings break down as follows. You have... Derrick Henry at number one, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb at five, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson at 10, David Montgomery, and Saquon sliding into the 12 spot there. On my side, I also have Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones at five, Najee Harris, Zeke, Saquon, Nick Chubb, 10, DeAndre Swift. 11, David Montgomery, and 12, Chris Carson sliding in there. Talk to me about a couple of these guys. Uh, where where do you have them and why? Last week, I think there was a little bit of, you know, we didn't really love the running backs or a lot of the running back matchups that were there were this week. I, there's a lot of them this week that I really like, and it was really hard. There was running backs that I felt like I could put as RB1s that I just wasn't able to get in there. Starting off, I mean, let's, you know, I, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this, but there is something that I wanted to highlight, and that that is with the big dog, Derrick Henry. And I was notoriously really low on Derrick Henry this this year and even uh, pretty much just destroyed him in a video. And it was mainly because he just wasn't involved as a pass catcher. But now small sample size, I will say that. But through three games, he already has 12 receptions, 105 receiving yards, and he's averaging 25.9 fantasy points per game, which some of that's due to that week two game where he had 47 fantasy points, which is ballooning some of that. But the he's averaging four receptions a game, and that is not something that I saw coming this year. We will see if that is able to he's able to sustain that. But uh, this is not something I saw coming. Now this is a new coaching staff, and he's even he's tenth in yards per route run, thirteenth in yards per reception, thirteenth in target share among all running backs right now. Fantastic matchup against the Jets uh, this week. But I just wanted to highlight him really quickly, just because of that is something that I just did not see coming from him this year. Now we'll see if he's able to sustain it, and if that is, then we could be really talking about a true RB one season for him this year. And that is just not something I thought that could happen because he was never involved as a pass catcher. Anyways, let's talk about Joe Mixon really quickly. I know some people are going to be down on Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon uh, has started off a little bit slow. He's been okay. 
through the first three weeks of the season. But the thing that we loved about him was his 86% opportunity share that continues to carry on. As of right now, he is 19th in fantasy points per game. Uh, I don't really, I, I think this is a good matchup for them going against the Jaguars this week. And so I think this is a big bounce back spot for him. I think you can play him with confidence this week. I know some people are going to be a little bit uh, hesitant, or not hesitant, but you know concerned with how he's played so far. The only really concerning part I will have for him right now, he only has seven targets through the first three games of the season. I felt like he'd be a little bit more involved in the passing game, but I think that comes back. They did have a, a, you know, a few matchups that were a little bit rough there. But other than that, I think you can play Joe Mixon with confidence. Uh, moving past that, Najee Harris in his ridiculous target share last week, 19 <laughs> fucking targets for Najee Harris last week. My goodness, that offense is uh, anemic. But, hey, if he could keep getting that, I mean, my goodness, that is going to at least make him fantasy relevant every single week if he can keep getting a heavy, heavy target share. Because at this point, Big Ben looks completely broken, and I, I don't know why they haven't turned to somebody like, you know, Dwayne Haskins or see what they – it can't get any worse. I know that. But so with Najee Harris, like, I don't think it's a great matchup for him uh, against Green Bay, but that pass to catching work that he is going to get, it makes him a really vi- viable RB1 every single week. Now, from there, I'm going to talk really quickly about Dalvin Cook. I think we are a little bit different on him, and I think that's one of our bigger areas where we are a little bit different. Now, I have Dalvin Cook at three. I think he plays this week. I think he was really close to playing last week. It sounds like they ended up holding him out, which is a smart move. There's no reason to rush him back. And if he's playing, there to me, the, the, there's no in-between. Either he's ready to go, he's 100%. Or he's not. Now, it's not a great matchup against the Cleveland Browns. But with Dalvin Cook, I think you can play him with confidence this week as long as he's out there. He's got to get his full allotment of snaps. I think those are the guys for me, at least in this top range, that I really want to hit on. You know, David Montgomery gets a great bounce back spot as well going against Detroit. We both have him as a top 12 running back this week. Zeke, we're a little bit different on. I'm a little bit lower. I think this Carolina front uh, front is very, very good. I, I think that is an interesting matchup. He was kind of somebody I went back and forth about making an RB1. Uh, he just kind of fell out of a little bit from there. For me, I have him at 14. You have him at 7. And then Saquon, I have at 12. Great to see him bounce back last week. We were kind of all looking forward. Felt like that was going to be there for him. Really involved as a pass catcher as well. A lot of targets for him last week. But uh, th- those are kind of the guys that I wanted to hit on. So talk to me about Dalvin Cook and why you have him where you have him. Yeah, I think it's just we don't know right now. You know, um, like you're saying, like if he's back in the lineup and I get that news, I'm obviously going to bump him up from 17 where I have him right now. So this is just kind of the wait and see mode. Uh, you know, is it going to be more Madison? But I think you're right. If he's in the game and we know he's going, I don't think they're going to limit his carries. Maybe Madison gets a series or two more than he normally would. But it's nothing where I'm fading Dalvin Cook. He will definitely jump into the top 12 for me. On, on the Zeke point, you know, I think Zeke is kind of hushed the doubters a little bit with with what he's been doing the last two weeks. And, and this is, I think what we look at it is people want to compare him to Tony Pollard. And I, I think it's a little bit more of, these two guys help each other, honestly, because they're different in how they run, honestly. It's not like Zeke has to be bad for Pollard to be good. The, the way that they've been uh, operating, at least the last two weeks, is that they're going to get enough touches for both of these guys. I get it in bad game scripts. They're going to have to throw more, and that will limit to limit the rushing opportunities. But with how good this offense is, I think they should be in games most of the time where they're able to get you know 15 to 25 rushes each week, and that makes both uh, Zeke a uh, running back one for me and then Pollard kind of your weak. Weekly flex, depending on the matchup, uh, but he saw 70% of the snaps 
Um, he obviously was fantastic, 116 total yards, two scores. He got involved in the passing game, which was the, my big concern. You and I talked uh, last week uh, a little bit about this, and he just maybe wasn't going to have that receiving ceiling with how much Pollard was being involved. Um, but, yeah, Pollard was involved as well. I'm sure we'll talk to him as we get down the running back rankings. But I still have Zeke as a locked and loaded running back one. And then Barkley, you know, the guy that, that you were high on coming into the year. You know, I had him ranked as an RB1 last week. Uh, I have him that, there again. You know, I think he is back to the Saquon Barkley that we saw. He shook off the rust we saw week one. Week two, he didn't get the full compliment, but he looked good. Week three, he's fantastic. And now I think week four, he's going to be a running back one for me unless we see something crazy. Um, so, yeah, he plays on 86% of the snaps, has 16 carries, 51 yards, and a score. Uh, but the targets what was what was impressive because we saw that with Daniel Jones before with all these other weapons, he wasn't getting the targets. Now Sterling Shepard gets injured. Darius Slayton gets injured. You know, he sees seven targets. Does that continue? I, if one of those guys misses, I think it does. So he's a running back one for me. Uh, so those are the two guys I wanted to hit on. Let's move over to our running back twos, Kev. This is where we see Zeke come in for you at 13. Jonathan Taylor after him. Chris Carson, Miles Sanders. Clyde comes in at 17. Uh, James Robinson uh, had a fantastic week last week. He is in at 18. Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, Chuba Hubbard, Daryl Henderson, Trey Sermon in at 23, and then Zach Moss, your guy, coming in at running back 24. On my side of things, we have Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook again at 17. We'll move him up if he is in for sure. James Robinson also at 18. Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds. Miles Gaskin at 21, Darrell Henderson, Chuba Hubbard, and Elijah Mitchell. So you and I are a little bit flipped on these 49ers running backs. Talk to me about some of these running back twos for you and why you slotted them where you did. For me, like I said, there were there were some of these guys that I really felt like I could have as RB1s this week that I just I just couldn't get in there. And some of those guys for me won. I think Miles Sanders is in a really good spot against this Kansas City defense. The, listen, they're their run defense is still something to be desired right now. Uh, I think they played a little bit better last week than, uh, against the Chargers. Ha obviously have uh, a lot of areas to improve upon right now. So I do think Miles Sanders, who is still getting the majority of the opportunities in this backfield, and he hasn't been great, I'll say that right now. He's only averaging just under uh, 11 fantasy points per game. But he's still playing. He's still getting 60% of the opportunities, still playing 65% of the snaps. Um, he has seen 11 targets through the first three games of the season. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's all bad. I mean, he's, he's 12th in yards per reception, uh, 1.51 yards per outrun, which is 25th among all running backs. He is 12th in yards created per touch and 17th in yards created. So the opportunity's been there. It's just they've had some negative game scripts. Better opportunities are on the horizon. He does not have a touchdown so far to start the season. So that is uh, obviously a little bit concerning, but I think that corrects itself a little bit as well. And this is a really good matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs defense that has just looked lost, uh, to be quite honest with you. They, they've Move Chris Jones to the outside as an edge defender. I don't get it. His natural position is to play on the inside. He is not. He is not well versed. He's not a great run stopper or anything like that. And so defenses are just allowing to move him out of the way. Frank Clark is hurt, and so they don't have anybody there, and they just don't have any pass rush right now whatsoever. And so that's exposing their secondary. And then the the run the run defense has always been a sus suspect. Over really the last two or three years, that's always been a problem. They bring in Jerron Reed. He doesn't fix anything because he's not able to get any push. And so right now, I think we continue to tap.
attack this defense. And so anytime you have a, a running back that's going against this defense, you're going to fire him up. And so feel confident with playing Miles Sanders this week against this Chiefs defense that just hasn't been able to really get or really stop anybody for that matter. So I like him quite a bit. I think he, I think this is a really big bounce back spot for him. I think Clyde Edwards Lair, it was good to see him bounce back last week. Got over 100 yards and a touchdown last week for him. This isn't a terrible matchup. I don't think they end up running the ball I think uh, as much. So I do think he's more of a RB2 this week. This isn't as good of a matchup as what we saw last week against Philadelphia. James Robinson, it's about fucking time, Urban Meyer. You figured out who your best running back on this roster is, and it's not Carlos Hyde. Uh, you know, it was good to see James Robinson bounce back last week with his best performance of the year. But I also kind of wonder if maybe this is a really good sell opportunity to sell James Robinson right now because this, he's coming off his best performance of the season. And so far, I mean, if you look at what he did last week, 25 fantasy points, which is well ahead of what he's done all year. But he had 15 carries. He ran 18 routes, six targets. He's clearly the pass catcher out of this backfield. So that is also a positive to see. And I think if they could be in more positive game scripts, uh, I think he could be better suited to kind of take over this backfield the way that we thought he would be. But I think right now with how bad this team is with Urban Meyer, I don't hate the idea of trying to trade him Why he's probably at his highest because I don't know if you can expect this type of production. Though I will say there's ha- there's been some positives with him so far. He does have a 13% target share in this backfield, which is the 12th most among all running backs. And he's 14th in evaded tackles, 12th in juke rate. So there are some positives for James Robinson right now. But on a week-to-week basis, he is going to be harder to trust. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think some other people are going to have him a little bit higher than possibly we do right now. And this is a bad matchup against Cincinnati. Like, I know it's weird to say the Cincinnati Bengals are a good defense, right? But they are. Like, if you look at at their defense right now, they are top 10 in both rush and pass DVOA right now, according to Football Outsiders. They have done a very good job on defense, and that is not something a lot of people expected heading into this year. Now, again, it's only three weeks of the season, and you know we'll see if you know if this if this continues. But this defense is not anything that I want to be overly excited about playing because this defense has done a really good job against uh, against other teams. So, I think you can play James Robinson, but I would just be a little bit nervous with him because of this matchup. It's not a great matchup for him. And then, you know, going down to some other guys uh, really quickly, I like Chase Edmonds because I think they're going to utilize him a lot as a pass catcher, you know, to avoid this pass rush. DeAndre Hopkins is banged up. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is 100%. We'll see where we have him in wide receivers. But so I don't mind Chase Edmonds. It's kind of a flex option, RB2 this week. Chuba Hubbard, really, hey, if you would have told me that Dallas Cowboys defense was going to be this good or the start of the season, I would have told you you're a liar. But this defense has been really, really good so far to start the season. Now, again, three weeks, you know, Travion uh, Diggs, I said it, I'll say it again. This guy is a top 10 corner. We can start making cases for top five if he continues to play this well. They have a true legitimate shutdown corner. Their defense is playing really good. So I do think Chuba Hubbard is probably going to be more involved in the passing game than he is through the ground. I don't think this is a, sets up as a great matchup for him on the ground. But I do think for Chuba Hubbard, I think he's going to have to make his hand through the passing game, through the air. So I do think you can play him as kind of that low-end RB2 this week. And then we'll see on some other guys like Daryl Henderson, but I and Zach Moss absolutely love Zach Moss. Zach Moss led all the led that team in, in touches last week. Scored two touchdowns. Great matchup this week against Houston. Absolutely start him as a flex. Yeah, you know, Kevin, it's interesting because you know you and I disagree on a lot of stuff. But even when it comes to James Robinson, and, and you're now on the hey, I'd like to sell him. 
this is where I'm starting to buy in. It seems like we, no matter what it is, we're always disagreeing. You know, I honestly was encouraged by, by James Robinson's day. And I get that's why you would want to maybe sell high, but um, he had the 15 uh, rushes for 88 yards and a touchdown. Now you're right. This defense is, this offense is not going to be scoring a, a ton, but his, his usage is what was encouraging for me and, and them not going to Carlos Hyde as much as, you know, we saw week one and that was a split backfield. He only got five touches that first week. And, and now he's getting involved in the passing game and he's getting six targets. And that's the James Robinson we saw from last year. And while I don't think he gets the 90% uh, workload that he got in 2020, I do think he gets the majority, which we've seen at least, you know, this week. And I think that continues going forward. So they were a bad team last year. They're a bad team this year. I'm not worried about game script because he can do a little bit of both. That's why I'm going to keep him um, in the running back too, as you are as well. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, maybe you're just a little bit more on the, hey, sell while he um, is starting to get hot. Um, so he is, is still a good player for me. I, I would hold on to him. And then Jonathan Taylor is the guy I kind of want to mention because he's a guy that I could see maybe dropping down my ranks a little bit. I think we both have met running back 14. They are just not trusting him with, with the snaps. Naheem Hines continues to be a thorn in his side. Naheem Hines got 56% of the snaps to Jonathan Taylor's 48%. And he's not getting the pass work that we saw in week one where he got, uh, you know, I think it was six or seven targets, and now he's not getting any of that work. And this Colts offense has just been underwhelming. Now they lose Quentin Nelson most likely to a sprained ankle. If not, he's not going to be 100% for week four. So I'm just a little nervous about how he matches up. I know the Dolphins' secondary is their strong point it's not their their run defense but I'm still a little nervous for him I could see him dropping down my rankings but he is currently a running back too you're still going to start him but I maybe would temper expectations for him you know outside of those guys you talked about some of these guys Chuba Hubbard was one guy that he will crack the top um, 24 for me um, you know the Dallas defense has played better but I think it's mainly the turnovers honestly that, that they've been doing well with their rush defense has been all right but they're beginning they've been giving up a lot of receptions to the tight end and running back position so I still think um, you know Chuba being involved in the pass game once CMC went out is still encouraging he's still gonna be a top 24 play for me you know one I want to toss back to you is I have Elijah Mitchell at 24 I do think he gets back into the mix and it just didn't seem like the 49ers tried 
trusted sermon. You know, I'm the sermon guy, but you know, they had Kyle Juszczyk in there more than I thought in the first half. And then the second half, they're using Kyle Juszczyk in a lot of these two minute drills, uh, these important downs, these third downs where they need the yardage. They didn't seem to trust uh, Trey Sermon as much as I thought. And so now let's say Elijah Mitchell comes back. I think they will lean on him a little bit more than Sermon, but you have Sermon as a top 24. Maybe just hit on him quickly and then we'll move to the rest of our running backs. Yeah, so to me, it's I just don't really know what is going on with Elijah Mitchell, if he's going to be 100%, if he's going to be ready to go this weekend. Because uh, if he if he does, I think there's a chance that I probably move him down, and I think he's just more of a flex option at best. Just because that I don't know how this is going to play out once with both of them healthy and how this is going to – you know, because if you look at Trey Sermon last week, I mean, he really wasn't all that effective either. Uh, I mean, he had 11 carries, but he only got 31% of the opportunities, 30% of the snap share last week. And that was somewhat surprising because – they just didn't really have a whole lot else. You know, like, I mean, who else were, did they have? I, mean, I don't even think, Car- I don't even know if Carrion Johnson, who was active, got a snap. I know Trenton Cannon mixed in a little bit. And then, you know, Kyle Juszczyk. But they didn't utilize him a whole lot. Nothing compared to what that, that Elijah Mitchell was seeing whenever he was there. Now, I will say this was against the Packers. And obviously, they had a little bit different of a game plan. They kind of fell behind a little bit there. And so they kind of had to open the offense up more and throw the ball more than they probably wanted to. Now, this is going to be a game against Arizona. That isn't uh, necessarily favorable either. But I will say Arizona, as a, as a run defense, isn't anything that's overly opposing. Yeah. Uh, they are 20th at adjusted line yards. They are 6th in power rank and 5th in stuff rank. But then they are 30th in the second level and 31st in uh, open field yards. So I, if you can get past that initial line of scrimmage, you can really uh, – do your damage there in the second level of that defense, which makes sense because their secondary is absolutely horrendous. All right, Kev, let's get to our running back threes. These are our running backs 25 through 36. You have Josh Jacobs hopefully coming off of his injury, getting back in the starting lineup. Miles Gaskin, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Damian Harris, Jamal Williams, Mike Davis at 31, Leonard Fournette, Naheem Hines, Kenyon Drake, Tony Pollard, and Tyson Williams at 36. I have Zach Moss, Tyson Williams, Tony Pollard, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Alexander Madison at 30, Mike Davis, Damian Harris, Trey Sermon, Jamal Williams, Naheem Hines, and then Latavius Murray at 36. And and again, I think injuries and what we hear going forward will change a lot of these ranks, who's in, who's out, who's looking like they will play. But talk to me about some of these running back threes that you have and why you slaughter them where you did. Yeah, I think if you look at a couple of these guys here. So for me, Josh Jacobs, I think there's a there's a decent chance he could play this week. And he they do play Monday night. And so it is a really good matchup against the Chargers. The Chargers run defense is terrible. Uh, you know, we've seen for multiple weeks now them just get gashed on the ground. And so if Josh Jacobs is able to play, I think that I would maybe even consider moving up even further than what I have him right now at 25. But we just have to wait and see with him. So right now, I'm just kind of uh, speculating that I think he will play, and so that's why I have him where I have him. And I could probably even have him up a little bit higher just because of how good this matchup is. The only thing that hard is is how much they, are they going to utilize him. Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake and Al Peyton Barber had a good game. This backfield seems like it's going to be a frustrating one to really project on a, on a weekly basis. So while it is a really good matchup, I think it's one that I that I am probably going to try to stay away from. Let's talk about some Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon because, man, it feels like he's like right there to take this job. But then he fumbles on the goal line last week, you know, which he should have had two touchdowns in that game. He did score one. Three, he got stuffed on, on on another one. So, yeah, he could have yeah. a monster game. 
Yeah, so it was his best week that he's had so far with 13.2. That is because he found the end zone. He did also see four targets and three receptions, 62 total yards. He had 12 carries, so all that's kind of right in line. But he did only play 36% of the snaps. So that was something that that has changed a little bit with him. But so far on the season, he is getting 46% of the opportunities. But I continue to watch uh, watch these two. Like I watched a lot of that game because on red zone and everything else. And he looks like the better running back. Like you can see he is far more talented than Melvin Gordon at this point of his career. It's just, he cannot make those mistakes. You cannot fumble on the goal. And that was a game that they had well in favor, well in hand, but you know, in any other game, if you know, you do that in a close game, they could cost in the game and who knows what happens, but it, it, I, I keep saying it. I feel like the opportunity is coming for him to really break out, but it's going to be hard on a week to week basis to trust them. So for me, I think you could play him if you absolutely had to, but I don't feel great about it. And that's kind of how I feel also about Tyson Williams, who I have all the way down at 36. Like, I don't want to play any Ravens running backs, to be honest, especially against this Broncos defense. This Broncos defense is absolutely for real. And they are an absolute elite level defense. And this is by far the best defense that, the, that they, that the Baltimore Ravens have seen all year. And I don't know how this is going to play out. And so, I really don't want to play unless you're absolutely desperate to play Tyson Williams because it is a terrible matchup. And I don't even know what's going on with them right now because it's like he is uh, like gradually lost opportunities. There are some, for some reason, working in Devontae Freeman now. Why? I don't know. Devontae Freeman is completely washed. Tyson looks like the best running back, but he's just not getting that opportunity. Until he does, I don't know if you're going to be able to trust him, especially probably the worst matchup they're going to see all year. I think that's what's really scary about this because this was a smash matchup for Tyson Williams. You you and I, everybody probably in the industry was saying, hey, this is a great matchup against the Lions. This is where you want to start Tyson. He's been looking good as a runner, and he's been getting the majority of the workload, and then he just doesn't get the majority. We see Devontae Freeman just have a horrendous run that I thought they should have cut him right after it where he just dances around the backfield, gets hit for a three-yard loss. But, you know, besides that, what is encouraging is that Tyson Williams did get 50% of the snaps, Latavius Murray at 33%, Devontae Freeman at 16 I really hope that Devontae Freeman's share gets smaller and smaller, and it's really a two-man back system that we've seen the, the Ravens use in the past. I know it's hard to trust Tyson Williams this week, but I do think he jumps back. I think this was just a maybe a, a bad game where they didn't give him the carries, but I do think he is the best back. Uh, he's clearly the best running back. He just has to stop making those mental mistakes. And I think that's what we can say for a lot of these young running backs, Tyson Williams, Trey Sermon, Javante. They can't put the ball on the ground because that's what's going to hold them back. And, you know, we we honestly saw this a little bit last year where we were wanting the Cam Akers breakout. We were wanting the Jonathan Taylor breakout. And it didn't happen until a little bit later in the season where they were running behind guys like, you know, Wilkins and Marlon Mack before he uh, got hurt. And just some of these guys that we want to see them go ahead of and they should. It just takes a little bit sometimes. So, yeah, you're right. For right now, they're stuck in running back three. Um, If you have to start them, you can. Um, but outside of those guys, you know, you had Zach Moss at 24. I had him just outside at 25, but I just want to touch on him. He played 56% of the snaps over Devin Singletary, like you said. Um, he even got uh, outworked Devin Singletary in the past game, and that's my biggest calling card. You and I have disagreed a little bit on this backfield. My calling card has been Devin Singletary is going to outsnap him, uh, excuse me, out-target him in the passing game, you know, five targets to maybe one or two each week, and that just didn't happen in week three. So if that continues for Zach Moss and he's the goal back. He's going to be the back to own, and I think he's very startable this week in a good matchup against the Texans. So he is a top 
25 back for me, 24 for you. You know, pass that. I think this is just a, a, an area where you're really scared to start some of these guys. It can work out for you. Mike Davis is another name where he's getting a majority of the snaps, 60% to Cordell Patterson's 42%. But Cordell Patterson's just been more involved in the pass game and getting better yardage, which makes it kind of scary to start Mike Davis. But I do think he's the better running back. Eventually, I think he wins out and starts to get some of these 14, 15 carries uh, and, and gets the better opportunities for touchdowns. But right now, it's just scary to start these guys. You're going to see a lot of flex questions. Do I start, you know, Jamal Williams, Trey Sermon, some of these guys versus a wide receiver? And I will be going wide receiver more often than not. I do think there are some guys that I'll, that I'll just touch on really quickly who are past these guys that maybe people might be looking at as flex options. Um, I think one could possibly be Kenny Gainwell this week. I already talked about Miles Sanders, but I don't mind, you know, if you're if you're a little bit desperate. You know, he, he didn't really play a ton, but he's being utilized as a pass catcher. So this would be more in PPR formats where, you know, if you look, he only played 24% of the snaps last week against Dallas, but he did. Uh, see four targets, three receptions for 34 yards. And so in a matchup against Kansas City where they struggle against running backs, like, I don't mind that if you absolutely had to. But probably more in deeper formats, deeper leagues. Like I don't know if you're doing that. You're not doing that in the 10-team league. You know, we're not on buys or anything like that. We have a full complement. So, and then, you know, maybe Michael Carter, right? Like, I know it's really easy to shit all over the Jets and how bad their offenses look because they have. But they, they've had a really, really bad schedule to start yep. the season. I mean, they played Carolina, who now we know that Carolina's defense is no joke. Carolina's defense is really good. New England's defense is still really good. And then Denver, we just talked about as a top five defense. So they have had a really, really, really rough start to this season. Down this matchup against Tennessee, they, they, this should be the best matchup they've had in terms of being able to get their offense going and really start to maybe turn this thing around a little bit. Because as of right now, you know, heading into this week, you really, you probably like Denver, you didn't want to play anybody against them. It didn't matter who it was. Corey Davis, I don't care who it was. You didn't want to play nobody. This is going to be the first matchup that I feel, feel like that they're going to be able to kind of get this offense maybe a little bit more back on track now that they've got these three games out of the way. And I don't mind Michael Carter. If you look at Michael Carter uh, last week, he played 45% of the snaps. He also, you know, seen three targets each of the last two weeks as well. I know that this offense is hard to trust, but if you had to, I mean, most people drafted Michael Carter in the sixth, seventh round, right? Most people probably drafted him thinking that he was going to be their RB3 or RB4 for a lot of teams. And so I don't think this is a terrible matchup. I think he's going to be utilized as a pass catcher. Ty Johnson is still working in there. It was good to see that it sounds like maybe Tevin Coleman's dead, as he should be. Maybe this becomes a little bit more uh, equal because right now, uh, Ty Johnson, you know, his first three weeks, 48%, 45%, and 54% of the snaps last week and five targets for Ty Johnson last week. So everybody's been dropping Ty Johnson. I'm not telling you you should play Ty Johnson. It's not what I'm – but I'm telling you, I don't – I would maybe hold him for one more week if you could, you know, just to see. If there's somebody else out there, if Chuba Hubbard or whatever, you want to pick him up, fine. Drop Ty Johnson for that guy. But – I think that we should, we should wait a little bit more and see how, how this running back uh, room could kind of shake out a little bit and if, if one of these guys could become a viable RB3 flex type. Can't get you off your Ty Johnson love. I do think it's better for both of them now with Tevin Coleman out of the picture. But guys, that will wrap us up for our running back rankings. Make sure you stay tuned. We have other rankings, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end coming out for you all, as well as the rest of our videos throughout the week. So make sure you subscribe, hit that bell, keep it locked right here.
place where black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.